1: We are coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. I'm Father Shane Demon. I'm Father Travis Crowdy, and we are so excited to be here. We are the official Catholic podcast of the Upper Plains, as designated by the Funeral Lunch Ladies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was a poll taken, and they have determined, after many cups of coffee and a few coffee cakes, that we are the official. Co- uh, Catholic podcast of the Upper Plains. Are we the only Catholic podcast of be. the Upper Plains? We might be, but if, nevertheless, that high designation from the funeral lunch ladies oh, is important, and we thank them. That's right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Father Travis. It's always good to be with you. Absolutely. And, um, you know, in this age of the church, there is so many young people that we come across that really question: uh, Can I believe? Is there really a God out there? Right. And so many point out: I'm doing just fine. I don't need faith. I don't need God. Uh, mm-hmm. and when I, when I talk to young people, as I'm sure you often experience, there are so many who say, um, well, I just really believe in science. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I am so sophisticated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got it all worked out and I, I have figured out my whole system of belief and it works for me and I get all the answers I want. That's right. You know? And I think there are so many people who recognize, uh, as great as science is, there's an awful lot that it can't hmm. answer. And there's a, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle in terms of the depths of the human person, in terms of our relationships, in terms of what is beyond this life that we can actually put under a scientific method, mm-hmm. we can put under a scientific microscope and examine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that, I'd like to ask you maybe just a few questions as you go about your day to really examine, is it at all reasonable to believe in something that you can't prove? Mm. Is it rational to believe in this someone, this great transcendent God that you cannot see? Uh, Is there any intelligence behind that? Or are we running around chasing after the tooth fairy Mm. just as people of belief? Right. Um,
0: So if you're up for it. That sounds... Well, before you start, I think this is just so important. I helped out with a a high school retreat. It was like middle school and high school a couple years ago. Uh And so many... uh, Afterwards, my friend and I, both in seminary at the time... We, we were available to talk to some of the, the young people. So many middle school boys came and talked to us, and their big issue they wanted to talk to us about was the issue of faith and science. Sure. And I, I was shocked to know that 6th, 7th, 8th graders are struggling with these things right now. Mm-hmm. It's not just a high school uh, religion class thing. It's not just a secular college thing. This is like lots of middle schoolers. 13, 14-year-old boys are, like, thinking about this stuff a lot. And you watch, like, a handful of Joe Rogan video podcasts or whatever. exactly. And you're convinced that, as some of my (laughs) family members have told me, that, you know, everything that you've been taught is wrong and all this other crazy stuff is absolutely true. Right. Yeah. So I think this is a good distinction to help kind of flesh out.
1: No, I think think it's very helpful. And not only are those middle school school students experiencing that – but they carry that with them. Mm-hmm. You know that, car- that continues with them throughout high school into their adult years, uh, in which there are so many adults now living in a very technocratic, uh, very uh, scientific age in which they themselves have lost track. They've lost way with their compass to say, is there a rational way to believe in things that I cannot prove? Mm-hmm. Is there a reasonable expectation that intelligent people can put their faith in an unknown or at least an unseen God. He's right. certainly known to us in his revelation, uh, but not seen and perceived as we would uh, understand like a scientific experiment. Right. You know? Um, so I think that's, it's a very helpful question. It's a very timely question to consistently keep looking at, not only for the sake of evangelization, but just as people understand the reasonability of faith. Right. Uh, is this an intelligent thing to be part of? As so many have checked out and say, "Mm, no, I'm going to go be sophisticated somewhere else. Right, And that's, I
0: think they're so shocked when they learn, I was just in seminary for nine years. Mm -hmm. Why the heck were you in seminary for nine years? I remember I was at like this used car dealership and the guy, a friend of my stepdad said, uh, well, why'd you have to go to school that long? Aren't you just a glorified counselor? Thanks, car guy. <laughs> used, <laughs> thanks, thanks, used car salesman yeah. for throwing me under the bus like yeah. that. But, uh, you really are just a <laughs> counselor. You that's, know? that's it. Uh, but I think that's it. It's like, uh, okay, why don't you do, do something useful, right? Why don't you go become like a you know a scientist? Oh, that'd be good. Why don't you do something that's practical or mm-hmm. uh, technological? Um,
1: and and that, that used car salesman actually just revealed his cards pretty deeply. Mm-hmm. There's probably not a sense of a transcendent God in his world. Right. He obviously wouldn't look to you or any religious leader as someone who could say, I'm going to lead you towards the divine. Right. You know, he's obviously looking at you as a career choice on a very worldly level. The same thing happened to me. I was standing in a grocery store, um, a few years ordained, and uh, I was literally looking at soup. I was buying soup. <laughs> <And> this, <laughs> this elderly gentleman comes up to me and he, he gets really aggressive. And uh, you're like, dude, I'll give you the soup. Just like, let (laughs) me choose my soup. Exactly. You want clam chowder or, you know, beef and barley? What's it going to be? I'll help you out. Just relax. There's no need, you know, to get aggressive here. And he said, I think you pretty should get married. Oh. And I said, okay, why? And he said, well, if you're going to be giving people guidance counseling in marriage prep, well, then I think you should really know what you're talking about. I think you need lived experience. Mm. And I said, well, sir, I think there's a little... uh, deeper understanding of what my priestly vocation is than mm-hmm. just simply helping people with marriage prep. Right. Uh, I think Jesus calling us to be shepherds of souls goes right. beyond just a sacramental prep for matrimony, as beautiful and as holy as that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, he would reduce not only my whole vocation, but perhaps the entire experience of faith to a very worldly level. Just give me worldly expertise. Just give me advice so I can get through this day. Right.
0: And that's all I'm going to worry about. Right. And you made a good point there saying that um, we've been invited to this vocation as guides Mm -hmm. because we're not just trying to give people answers or we're not just trying to fix people's problems. Like you said, uh, that revealed from the car salesman, his interior life. And we're trying to invite people into the same interior life. We Mm -hmm. don't have everything figured out, but we can walk with you toward something that's real. And that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Um, And when it comes to understanding faith as this enterprise of something that's actually very intelligent, Mm -hmm. when we understand that the act of faith, giving your assent, your agreement to a body of truths and to a relationship that is true in itself, that requires a a great sense of rationality. It's reasonable to uh, intellectualize these things and to agree to them as life-giving and as true. Mm. And I think so many people miss that. Um, and so, if you're willing, let's just take a walk through your day. Oh, okay. Let's just take a walk through maybe your day or your, uh, just your general existence, going through the day to day activities, um, because as you, you know, walk through your day, and mm-hmm. I were to ask you, what'd you do yesterday? what did you do? Tell me one thing you did yesterday. Oh gosh, now I got to think about
0: it. Oh, let's see. Oh, I preached all the masses at All Saints Parish in
1: Lamar's. Okay, great. Yep. And you actually trust in your memory that oh. you actually did those things yesterday. Yeah, I do. You're not hallucinating now, nor were you hallucinating then thinking that you were actually preaching. I hope not. Uh, I don't think so either. And I'm <laughs> sure all your parishioners would say. In fact, I did talk to one of your parishioners this okay, morning. that's good. And she said, oh, it was such a delight. Father <laughs> Travis was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say, don't they? <laughs> so at least you have one yeah. person out there verifying that you were not hallucinating and that you actually trust your memory. Right. In what you did. Um, another thing, you know, have you been to a restaurant recently? Yeah, just today. Okay. We're, uh, you you were out having lunch? Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. Jim's Burgers, great place. Excellent. Thank you, Jim's Burgers. A little shout out to all the great staff there. <laughs> um, you, you know, when you were paying mm-hmm. and you reached into your wallet or you pulled out your yeah. credit card and you had to figure out maybe the gratuity and calculate right. the tip, did you actually trust your reasoning skills that you could still do math oh, and hand over the correct amount of money. I'm pretty bad
0: at math, but yeah, I did. I trusted myself even then. Great. Glad and I trusted you. my, my calculator when I was trying to figure stuff out yesterday with how many folks we had at mass. Good. Trust myself on that too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Not great at math, but I did. Well, that's all right. Even if you're not so great at math, you still trust that whatever skills <laughs> yeah. are there, they're still going to be functioning. <laughs> yeah. Right. Glad you can trust and have some faith in your own reasoning skills. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, as you woke up this morning, and you started, you know, uh, just looking around the room and you saw your alarm clock and you're like, oh no, is it really that hour? <laughs> That's exactly hour? what happened. <laughs> you know, but you, but you woke up this morning and you were actually a very trusting person in your senses, mm. you know, your vision, your hearing, right. when you stepped outside and maybe smelled, you know, freshly cut grass or mm-hmm. whatever, um, you know, just the ability to touch things, all right. of our sensory perceptions, we trust those every single day. Mm. Uh, We're actually deeply, deeply rooted in acts of faith all day long. Right. Even just trusting our own sensory skills. Hmm. Um, Did you meet anyone for your lunch engagement today? I did. Okay. Met a friend. Great. Uh, Did you trust that this friend was actually going to show up? I did. Did you have to text this friend multiple times saying, are you really going to show up? Are you really going to show up? Are you going to stand me up? No, just just once. Okay. I trusted it. You yeah. trusted. Uh-huh. What a trusting person right. you are! Wow. And that doesn't seem so unreasonable that when someone says "I'll meet you for lunch," they would actually be there, right? Yeah, kind of an intelligent, normal thing, right? Yeah. Imagine Pretty that. reasonable. We trust others that their their word actually means mm. something, and that the relationship that we have with them establishes and th- that rapport and that trust, right? right? You know. um, when we turn to other uh, matters of faith, we can also say we need to trust others. Mm. Do we really trust the preachers, the theologians, mm. just the lay faithful who exhibit great holiness that have helped formed us today? Oh, yeah. Have we really trusted them? And I would imagine you and I would say, well, no, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here both as priests, but we wouldn't be here as, as Christian believers without right. trusting those who have gone before us all the way back to the great apostles. Uh, who not only lived with our Lord and w- was in deep, w- we're in deep communion with our Lord, mm-hmm. uh, but we're also willing to die and lay down their lives as martyrs or as, right. as exiled Christians for their faith. Mm. And that whole concept of trusting in the testimony of others, that the testimony of past generations of believers is a credible thing. Mm-hmm. And it has great uh, levels of intelligence and, r- and rationality behind it to say that this person is reasonable. And what they did with their lives, how they lived their lives, how they found fulfillment in that, the beauty they created, the theology they wrote, the words they uh, inspired were inspired to offer through their own preaching, and just the Christian love that they exhibited on a daily basis mm. for their friends and family members—that speaks with a, a credibility that I find intelligible and really attractive. Mm. You know? Yeah. And yet, when we when we step into the world of faith today, there are so many who would say, "Oh no." That's off limits. Right. Can't possibly trust that. Um, and yet I point out to them, when you get in your car and your GPS is telling you to go somewhere, do you actually trust <laughs> that the satellites and your GPS chip, you know, the app in your phone is accurate? Right. Or are you calling your cell phone provider saying, gee, you know, I've got a big trip today. I'm not quite sure if this, you know, uh, particular app is going to get me to where I need to be. No, Maybe right. we should have a computer programmer look at it before I to make my trip. Right. No. Right. You just trust. And the funny thing is
0: we'll trust the GPS over the person who actually lives there. You know, older folks love doing that. They give you these turn by turn directions to get across town. And you're like, I'm just going
1: to put it in my phone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to use Google maps. Don't worry. Exactly. We're going to trust this machine more than we're going to trust the person. Right. Um, you know, you, you came here to record this podcast today mm-hmm. and you trusted that your car was going to work and you didn't take it to the mechanic no. to say, Hey, please give it an overhaul. Cause I'm not sure I got to go meet father Shane right now. Right. we got a big podcast coming out. Right. <laughs> I got to make sure this engine is right. working properly. Right. And you didn't do that. We get right. in the car and we just trust. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's interesting that we don't carry around
0: that cynicism all the time, but right. then so many when it comes to matters of the faith, capital F. Mm-hmm almost just this burden of cynicism that they're carrying around all the time. Absolutely. But that's not present in the rest of their life. There's all sorts of acts of faith going on.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest ones, um, do you trust that you're going to die someday? Mm. Well, you know, that that's a great question, especially right
0: now with everything going on with COVID and everything. Right. I've thought that recently. What's the worst? <laughs> like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Everybody's going to die <laughs> right. someday.
1: So, yeah, I, right. I trust that. Yeah. And can you prove that to me, that you're going to die someday? I guess only from experience of other people. Which is all based on credibility of human testimony, yep, right? Totally. <laughs> the same credibility of human testimony that we have relied on. Yeah. The faithful transmission. I haven't transmission. seen everybody die. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You haven't seen, everyone tells you you're going to die. Everyone says you got to get ready to meet your Lord in judgment. Can anyone actually prove that? Mm. Guess not. And is it reasonable for everyone to assume, yeah, I'm going to die someday? It's reasonable. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Because we're intelligent beings. Right. And uh, we go about our day just trusting these things Mm. as very trusting people. We believe people on, on things that we cannot prove or verify. We go around our daily existence, constant relying on others, relying on things, relying on machines, relying on technology that we didn't build. Right. We can't necessarily fix ourselves. We can't verify that they're going to function correctly or that no one is going to betray us or hurt us hmm. or somehow you know lead us into falsehoods. But we go around every single day trusting. Hmm. We actually exhibit great faith on a daily basis. And to not do those things, we would say that is not reasonable. Hmm. That is not wise. That is not intelligent to possibly go around your day never trusting anybody. How could you function? Right. And yet when we apply that to the faith, well, I just don't know if you can believe the Bible. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's so old, and who really understands it? Not even the it? Bible.
0: I why could I? Why do I have to believe my my parents or my mm-hmm. grandparents? That's just this old fashioned thing that they still hang on to. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and there, there's there's a deep seated distrust in the mm-hmm. wisdom of others, in the credibility of other believers. So, how do you then
0: take that reality that okay, we're like trusting of things all the time, and start to apply that little by little to the faith, this thing that seems so not trustworthy.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's several ways that you could do that. Uh, first of all, you could say, uh, "Do you trust your conscience? Mm. I mean, do you have a do you have a recognition that there is this voice inside of you leading you to make intelligent decisions to do good and avoid evil?" Mm. And for anyone who's ever listened to the voice of conscience, or at least felt the pressure of conscience, you know, either you know they've been really urged to do this and not omit something they were supposed to do, mm. or when they failed to do the good and they chose to do the evil and they felt the guilt of that right. uh, and the heaviness and the, and the burden of that, that recognition, you know, I think is a good starting point to say, okay, well, can you at least trust that? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and it's it's this reality of a conscience that all of us are born with, all of us can perceive, even from a, a very young age, mm-hmm. when guilt gets the best of you, where is that coming from? Mm. Well, it's the echo of the voice of God, right, speaking to you and leading you directly into Him, Mm. right.
0: And and I'm thinking when you made that point about conscience, I've heard from some people's conversion stories. This isn't this case for me, but they had these moments of kind of existential crisis when they did, as like a 14 year old kid, are like, Am do I actually exist? Are all my friends real? Mm -hmm. If I open the door right now, are they actually out there, or is it all in my mind, or something like that? Sure. And that's what helps people lead to wait. I do actually have transcendent thoughts and I do have these deeper longings of my heart um, and starting to kind of tap into those is what helps realize that like in the creed we profess every Sunday, we believe in the visible things
1: and the invisible things. Mm -hmm. Invisible things are real. Absolutely. They're very real. Like the concept of you're going to die someday. Right. It's a very big invisible reality that awaits us that we can't touch. We can't examine right now, but it's still there. The voice of conscience, you know, I I would use that as a starting point. But I also, you know, when people challenge me on this, I just talk to them about general human testimony, Hmm. you know. uh, History. Exactly. (laughs) Right. You know, do you really believe that Abraham Lincoln existed? Yeah. Yeah. Can you prove that? I mean, we might have photographs. We might have. Lots of pennies. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Pennies everywhere. Um, You know, we have photographs, we have speeches, we have portraits. There might even
0: be a. Tombstone with his name on it, but who knows
1: who's under the ground? You never know, but but everyone just trusts that Lincoln existed, Mm -hmm. right? And I go back and I say, did did Napoleon, did -hmm. his armies invade Europe? Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. You know, (laughs) everybody says that. Everyone's, well, can you prove that to me? Mm -hmm. You know, and then you go back, okay, well, did St. Peter exist? Mm. Did St. Paul exist? Mm. Well, probably. Okay. Well, did they have experiences of the resurrected Jesus, Mm. Well, we think so. Right. And they say, well, I don't really know. I Generations really know. of Christians
0: attested to that. Past well, exactly.
1: Attack. And they gave their blood for this, mm-hmm. right? And even if they didn't give their blood, what distinguishes their human testimony from the credible human testimony of anyone who said Napoleon's armies invaded my country, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if we can't trust human testimony, you will never trust your friends Right, You would never trust that when you walk into a restaurant, the waitress is actually going to bring you the food that you ordered. You, you wouldn't survive. You yeah, wouldn't. You, you'd carry around that cynicism all the time. You'd board a plane and you'd burst your way into the cockpit and say, I need you to show me exactly on a map that the GPS coordinates you've loaded into the cockpit computer is going to take me to my destination. Right, exactly. You'd go crazy. Right. You know. Uh, so to help people just understand what we really uh, rely on in terms of human testimony, mm-hmm. And, and not find that unreasonable, but actually just find that very normal. <laughs> right. And to let
0: that be your first step, that if you're, if you're struggling with the idea of faith as totally unreasonable, mm-hmm. to let that be the first step of saying, okay, this is something that I should consider at
1: least. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to have many more opportunities to dive into some of these issues of credibility and the, the reasonability of faith. Absolutely, so This is just kind of an, an intro and a starting point. Right. Um, little shout out to St. John Henry Newman, hey. who kind of lays all this out for You're us. Guy. <laughs> Thank you, St. John Henry Newman. Uh, he lays a lot of this out in his plain and parochial sermons. I didn't come all up with all this on my own. Uh, there's been great people that have gone before us, and we trust in them credibly, right. uh, knowing that the, what they have received in the deposit of faith they have handed down to us, and we have to keep that charge going. So we're going to have more opportunities, as I say, to talk more about these themes as we investigate. What does it really mean to be rooted in faith as so many feel like they're an outcast out there? Totally. Not really understanding how the church can claim what it is, or mm-hmm. even if they were to embrace this and become a devout believer, would they themselves then feel like an outcast? Right. No. There's great uh, intelligibility and rationality in these beliefs, uh, really rooted in the same foundations by how we operate on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So we look forward to getting into some of these topics some more. And uh, thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And we look forward to another broadcast. Father Travis, it's always good to be with you. Thanks for your time today.
0: Father Shane, thank you.
1: We look forward to uh, another opportunity to gather together. And let's keep each other in prayer. And until then, God bless everybody. Keep
0: tuning in. Adios. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.